Hi friends, my name is Andy, my pronouns are he and him, and welcome to the Hope Collective Church Podcast. Here at Hope Collective Church, our mission is to develop inclusive communities where people discover sacred worth and calling. And our four core values are empathy, inclusion, trust, and humility. Lately, we've been having some issues with the service that we use to upload our podcast where it's not actually distributing the podcast. Because of that, we will need to re-upload some of our old podcasts. But we don't want to inundate everyone's feed with a huge group of podcasts all at once. So what we're going to do is we will be re-uploading the old podcasts every Thursday as bonus episodes until we are completely caught up. They'll still be dated properly and the seasons will reflect properly, but they will pop up in your feed as new because they're essentially new to the feed. We want to thank you so much for your understanding as we try to fix our podcast and allow you to catch episodes that you may have missed. For this week's episode, we are starting a new series called Gifts That Keep On Giving, where we will be focusing on discovering and accepting the gifts that God offers us. Today's gift is the gift of community. So without further ado, here's John. Hey friends, my name is John Morgan. My pronouns are he and him. Welcome to Hope Collective Church and thanks for finding us online again today. We love it when you watch or listen in. Uh, As we kick off a new year, I'm excited to reveal that we have a focus word for the year 2023. And that word is connection. We've come to realize that over the last few years, we have forgotten how to connect with one another. And not just in the church, but in society as well. The main reason, of course, is that for a really long season, it was necessary for us to isolate ourselves and and to keep distance from one another. We're also discovering that even though we love our worship space in person at the Neon, it's difficult to make connections with one another when we don't own our own facility. It's difficult to get to know each other at a a deeper level, and quite honestly, it's even difficult to get to know everyone's names. And many of you have expressed to us that you love uh, the vision and the mission of Hope Collective Church. Uh, You you love uh, worshiping in person and and online, but one thing we're missing is this connection piece. So yesterday, uh, our staff team sat down and started brainstorming how we can help people of Hope Collective, both in person and online, uh, connect with one another and connect with with our partners in, in the community. So with connection as our focus word for 2023, we invite you to Connect with us as we relearn old ways and discover new ways to connect with one another. That's a lot of uh, connecting, isn't it? <laughs> well, I invite all of us to, uh, to pray together this prayer for connection as we start this new season of ministry together. God of grace and compassion, you have created us to be in community with one another and to rely on each other's gifts to complete us. During the season of doing church together, will you show us ways to make meaningful connections? Will you help us build lasting friendships? Will you teach us how to support one another? We thank you for connecting us with you through your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Well, 
Today, we're starting a new series called Gifts That Keep On Giving, <laughs> and we'll focus on discovering and accepting the gifts that God offers us. Today's gift is the gift of community. I'd like to say I planned this sermon and this topic with the, the word connection that we, uh, that we just uh, were introduced to, but quite honestly, I had forgotten all about today's topic until I started writing the sermon this week. And, and even though I didn't plan it this way to, uh, to talk about connection and uh, the gift of community, maybe God knew. <laughs> maybe God orchestrated this, right? Today's scripture starts in the book of Matthew, in chapter three, uh, where we actually read a few or read a few weeks ago, where John the Baptist talked about preparing the way for Jesus. We'll pick up in verse thirteen of chapter three. It says, "Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John, but John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you.'" And do you come to me? Now, let's stop, let's stop right there for a moment. When John sees Jesus coming into the water to be baptized, he, he can't believe it. I mean, this is Jesus. What are you doing here, he's thinking. You don't need to be baptized. In fact, if anyone needs to be baptized, John's saying, it's me. <laughs> well, we can all probably understand where John the Baptist is coming from. Uh, we have this one-dimensional view of baptism that is all about receiving forgiveness for our sins. It's about being saved. Or in our contemporary baptism ceremonies, you may have heard the phrase that baptism is about saying yes to Jesus. And this is why I, I, I call our traditional understanding of baptism as one-dimensional, because Jesus doesn't need any of these things, right? <laughs> Jesus doesn't need to be forgiven of sins. He, he doesn't need to be saved and Jesus certainly doesn't need to say yes to himself, right? <laughs> but here he is, desiring baptism. And so we get this understanding right away that there's got to be more to it. Now, now don't get me wrong, baptism certainly represents all of those things. Baptism represents forgiveness of sins and salvation and saying yes to Jesus. I use the words one-dimensional in the same way as if you go to a counselor on a regular basis for mental health tune-ups. <laughs> but someone might ask, well, what's wrong with you that you're going to see a counselor? They have a one-dimensional one view of what mental health is all about, right? <laughs> or you might be going to the doctor for your annual physical and a friend might ask, well, why do you need to go to a doctor? Are you sick? That, that's a one-dimensional view of why people see their physicians. And so Jesus, not needing to be baptized in our traditional point of view, is going to show us that there are more dimensions to being baptized. Let's continue reading. Uh, one verse here, verse 15, Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. Some of your translations, instead of the word righteous, they say to fulfill all justice. Some of your translations have a more literal wording that says to do what God requires of us. 
So here's another dimension of why we get baptized. We do it because God said so. <laughs> Parents, how many of you have ever said that? Because I said so. <laughs> Your kids might say, well, why do I have to clean my room? And you say, well, because I said so. And what do you expect after you say that? That their rooms will get clean because I said so. <laughs> Well, this is one of the, the reasons why we get baptized, because God said so. It's what God requires. And there's a reason for, for this that goes a little bit deeper. When Jesus tells John to baptize him, he's telling him, I'm just doing what I'm called to do. He gives us this example of what it means to be obedient to God. Theologian N.T. Wright, in his commentary called Matthew for Everyone, he says, Jesus' reply tells us something vital about the whole gospel story that is going to, be, is going to unfold before our surprise gaze. Yes, he is coming to fulfill God's plan, the promises which God made ages ago, as has never forgotten. Yes, there are promises which will blow God's wind, God's spirit, through the world, which will bring the fire of God's just judgment on evil wherever it occurs, and which will rescue God's penitent people once and for all from every kind of exile to which they have been driven. But if he, Jesus, is to do all this, this is how he must do it, by humbly identifying himself with God's people, by taking their place, sharing their penitence, living their life, and ultimately dying their death. In being obedient to God, Jesus shows us that baptism is an act of humility. And really it sets the stage of life of obedience to God after that. When, when people ask ask you, why do you serve others, even when it's inconvenient, what's the answer? Well, because God says so, right? <laughs> or, or they might ask, why do you financially support the church or other ministries in the community when that money could go towards paying your bills or, or your vacation? Well, because God said so. When people ask me, why did you start a new church, <laughs> especially in the middle of a pandemic? Do you know what my answer is? <laughs> well, because God said so. To go deeper than that, it's what, it's what God requires. Or do you remember the, the two words that are mentioned in the translation? It's righteous and it's just. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why we started Hope Collective Church. It's righteous, it's just. It's what God requires, because God said so. <laughs> well, the first dimension of baptism is that it represents forgiveness and salvation in our lives. The second dimension of baptism, you know, we're, we're kind of saying in a funny way, because God says so. Well, here comes my favorite part of today's scripture, verses 16 and 17. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. Every time we read the scripture together, I think it's important to point out the presence of the Holy Trinity, God in three persons. 
our traditional way of referring to the Trinity as God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. A lot of times you hear me say, uh, God our Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. There's probably uh, not a, a perfect way of describing the Holy Trinity, but, but this is what happens in baptism. Just like Jesus experienced, we experience the fullness of, of God's presence in our lives. But it's not just between the, the one being baptized and God. Notice who God is talking to in verse 17. Let, let me read this again. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Notice he's not talking directly to Jesus and saying, You are my son. You I love. You With you I am well pleased. But, but he's, God is talking with all the people who are present with the whole community. Everyone gets to experience baptism together. This is the gift. <laughs> Oftentimes when I'm teaching baptism classes, I'll say, I can come to your house and dunk you in your bathtub or spray you with the garden hose um, and say that you're baptized. But baptism isn't just for you. Baptism is for the community of believers. The United Methodist Church has such a strong theology around baptism. We believe that in the sacrament of baptism, we experience a covenant that connects God, the faith community, and the person being baptized. <laughs> Our theology reminds us that we aren't baptized alone, but into a faith community together. And I love the baptism vows. There, there's three of them. To repent of our sins, to resist evil, injustice, and oppression, and to commit to serving Jesus as Lord and Savior. It, it's this understanding that we are saved by God's grace so that we can live out this life of grace together so that all people on earth will experience God's grace lived out through us. This is such an amazing gift of baptism that we are baptized into a faith community. We experience God's grace together. We share God's grace together. <laughs> if we think about it, that explains, like we were talking about at the beginning, why we don't do well when we're isolated. <laughs> That's why life doesn't seem right when we're all alone. God created us to be in connection with God and in connection with community. <laughs> I wonder, as we're experiencing today's scripture together, is there anyone who desires to be baptized? Now, if you're watching or listening online, you can either message me on Facebook or, or send me or Andy Hill an email. My address is jmorgan at hopecollectivechurch.org. Andy Hill's email is ahill at hopecollectivechurch.org. We have a couple, um, you know, oh, I was going to say, if we're, <laughs> I also was going to tell you what to do if you're in person, but obviously no one listening or watching is in person right now. I'm going to skip that part. <laughs> But listen, simply give us your name and contact information and we will figure out the details of the baptism. 
I guarantee we won't be going down to the Stillwater River like we typically do in the summer months. It's too cold for that. <laughs> we'll most likely find a heated pool at a YMCA. Um, we'll figure out those details later. Hey, and maybe you've already been baptized and you would like to reaffirm your baptism. Maybe this is a time in your life that you're recommitting your life to that connection with God and that connection with your faith community. You may also uh, send, send us an email or send us a message as well. Well, as again, we enter into the season of, of connection, I want to invite us to pray together once again, thanking God for this, this gift of, of baptism and community and connection. Friends, let us pray together. Holy God, we thank you for the gift of baptism and all that it represents in our lives. Thank you for Jesus, who demonstrated for us an obedience that draws us closer to you. Thank you for connecting us with you and with one another. For all these gifts, we say thanks, and we pray for the courage to accept them graciously. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope that this week's sermon has been a blessing to you and an encouragement to you as well. You can find us on Facebook or YouTube by searching Hope Collective Church for weekly online services and other ways to connect with us. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast. And again, thank you so much for listening. And remember these three words, you are loved. Have a great week, everyone. Amen.